Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play. It's Sound of Play 209. As you know by now, every Wednesday in Sound of Play we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And joining me, Leon Cox, in a regular show after all the specials and interviews and various things we've had recently, it's, now I think this is unique, in his third capacity as a Sound of Play guest, Brian Edwards. Good morning, Leon. How are you? I'm all right. It is morning. It's even more morning for you in America time. <laughs> yeah. What time have you got there? Uh, 5.30 a.m. That's madness. <laughs> it was your idea, though. Let yes. me Let me yeah. be clear. Um, well, I do um, have a toddler, so 5.30 a.m. might as well be noon for me these days. Yeah. And uh, for listeners who don't know, aren't familiar, which part of the USA are you in? Uh, just outside of Buffalo, New York. Buffalo. Yeah, so We've got East quite a Coast. few... Um, We've got quite a few contributors in that general vicinity, which is obviously a very large vicinity. Jesse's in New York City, uh, and uh, Sean and Leah are both in the, the wider Philadelphia mm-hmm. area. Uh, but my, my, my British geography is appalling, and my US geography <laughs> is even worse. But uh, generally, you're over the Atlantic. Yes. Yeah, and I think this is a first. So your first... You first joined us on Sound of Play a good, I don't know when, like a couple of years ago or yeah. more, as a listener, as yes. a punter, uh, which which we do, as listeners will know. And then you came back on not that long after as an aspiring, up-and-coming music creator. Yes. Yeah. And now, since then, we have assimilated you into the Cana Rince hive mind, <laughs> and you're here as a Cana Rince regular contributor. Yeah. So... That's how you climb the ladder, folks. Yeah, it's been, it's, you know, it's my, my slow crawl to the top, you know, has, <laughs> has, has, has been happening for a while. No, it's been, um, it's been a blast. Like I, I've said to you multiple times is that um, I, I didn't come to Keenan Rinse proper first. I came to Sound of Play because yeah. of my love for yeah. video game music. So it was right. kind of just the, the natural course that things took. Yeah, and uh, well, as I say, it's not, it doesn't work out this way for everybody that, uh, that you just end up kind of being brought in people often ask us how do you get involved and uh, i've asked answered the question many times that it is tends to be an organic process uh, sometimes it just it, it normally with people it kind of happens before i really realize what's going on uh, <laughs> but in a good way you know it's always always comes from an invitation but there's no there's no like formal interview procedure or anything like that it's uh, it's just one of those things that can happen if all parties are enthusiastic enough and yeah and have a you know have a way of talking to the to the folks back home on the podcast yeah it was and, uh, a, it was a it was quite a joy to kind of uh, become a whole part of the process and i think just um like and i've said this multiple times too just um very welcoming community in all aspects both um both on the forums through the, the community through through the patreon through the people that support the show and then also through um the the contributors as well it's just it it's just a, a very pleasant and positive community to be a part of which is certainly something i long for with uh modern <laughs> social media and video games these yeah. days so it's been it's been uh, absolutely wonderful well it's great to have you and long may it remain that way so let's talk video games music as we're here for sound of play next time on sound of play we've got a special coming up i think it's been locked in as a dragon guard slash near series special so you can look forward to that in a week. But for now, we've got a bunch of random tunes that Brian and our contributors wanted to hear. So 
It's an eclectic show. And we started with the intro to a game called Decap Attack, probably most famous for actually being a kind of, should we call it an edgy reskin, an aesthetic reskin <laughs> yeah. of a game that was magical, uh, magical hat, basically magical flying hat turbo adventure or something, it's something along those lines, a Victokai game that was released in Japan. It's kind of cute and it had a sort of uh, Arabian Nights kind of thing going on. But Sega of America decided that wasn't edgy enough. So they made it a game where you throw your head at people. <laughs> uh, Chuck D. Head. Chuck D. Head. They, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they also, they, they not only did they redo the graphics, they redid the music. And I think the same composers were involved. That's my understanding yes. from, yeah, from, from my little I... research. So they basically made music that was more fitting to a game where you chucked D. Head at people. <laughs> Yeah, I um, this is definitely in the middle of Sega's rebranding and Sega of America trying to become an edgy company, trying to be yeah. that Nintendo killer. You know, Sega does what Nintendo don't to all that all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, and <laughs> and and Decap Attack was part of that, but um, I actually came to it much much later. Uh, because uh, when I was first dating my wife, um, and she and you know, it, it's weird with video games and relationships, like um. Uh, when you're starting a new relationship, it's it, for for a long time for me it was always almost taboo to talk about. You know, like oh, what do you do? It was like oh, you know, I play video games. It yeah. it, it felt like somehow people were gonna like treat you as childish or or um or, or think that you're somehow dismiss your hobby. Anyway, I'm I'm long since past that point now, but I remember telling her that I uh that I I play video games and I was a pretty avid collector at the time. And the first question she asked me was if I had Decap Attack for Genesis, and I was like. <laughs> what it, where did that come from and i i did have it but i didn't i hadn't spent much time with it and and one of our first um kind of uh, uh dates for lack of a better term was her coming over and me uh <laughs> pulling out the Sweet. genesis and we, yes. we, we played the first level of decapitec and and since then the music has really stuck with me I, I revisit the soundtrack pretty frequently and you've been together for how many years then 12 years uh married right. for seven yeah so it's, uh, nice. Yeah. That, so, so thanks to Chuck D. Head, um, we couldn't get him to, <laughs> we couldn't get him to, you know, do the ceremony. But um, I'm sure he was there in spirit. So, it was a fine intro to both uh, your long-term relationship with the the mother of your children and child, children, child. child. Yes, just yeah. one so far. <laughs> uh, we'll see. And uh, yeah, and to this show, that's uh, Fumito Tamayama and or Hiroto Kano with uh, with the decap attack introduction. As usual, we've got some requests from the forum. Actually, I'd say we're not really getting low as such. We've still got like the best part of 100, but we haven't had too many new ones recently. So do head over to the forum at canarince.com, find the thread, the appropriate thread within the Sound of Play folder and add your favorites. Although we've been going for almost 210 shows, there are still literally thousands of amazing video game tunes we haven't shared and haven't played. We've played some things two, three, even four times, but there's still a lot of stuff that is yet to be introduced to all of our listeners but we got some great picks i think uh, if there's a slight theme to the ones that i picked from the uh, from the archive it's uh, kind of japanese songs and we start that on that track with jobo bonobo's request who says my exposure to the katamari series has been limited but what little i've experienced i have absolutely adored we love katamari is truly one of the many highlights of the ps2 and would happily recommend to anyone who wants to try out the more eclectic side of that console's library. 
Part of what makes this game such a delight is that wonderful soundtrack with its wide variety of genres and moods on offer. While its music style is commonly perceived to be on the kooky and wacky side of things, there are some extraordinary exceptions to this rule. One of these is my particular favourite, Angel Rain by Yukiko Ehara, otherwise known as Yu. Its mixture of accordions and violins creates a sublime piece that evokes memories of walking hand in hand with the love of your life while you look into each other's eyes. This song epitomises romantic nostalgia. Just gorgeous. Well, it's an appropriate follow-up to the song that got Brian and his wife together. <laughs> <laughs> this is Angel's Rain from We Love Katamari.
uh, got a uh, difference of opinion on the composer there. I'm going to trust Joe Bobonobo. Uh, in my research, I also come up with Hideki Tobeta, but maybe that's I'm going to I'm going to just give it over to the man who loves the song. I think Joe Bobonobo. I'm pretty sure Joe Bobonobo is a man. <laughs> uh, Yukiko Ahara then from yeah the 2005 game. The since uh, since we love Katamari, we've obviously had many more sequels on the PSP and the Vita and whatever else. Uh, we've had a remaster of the original recently-ish on Switch. But the one I still recommend is the PS3 game, Katamari Forever, which is essentially a kind of HD greatest hits mix of the previous games. Uh, and I, uh, it may actually not be that easy to get hold of now. It may even be expensive i'm not sure but uh yeah i'm not uh, sure i i played that that was honestly the only katamari that i had played up until the recent remaster it was one of those kind of holes in my you know in my game playing and 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 people i've I've heard people talk about the katamari music for for a Mm. long time and obviously it's very distinct and has its own feel and style and um and i was excited uh to see jobo bonobo's pick here because when i was listening to the tracks before the show um this song just has that like it has that kind of deep bossa nova feel to it really mm-hmm. you know settles into a nice groove very incredibly pleasant and then uh for it, it's difficult for a seven minute track to hold your attention for that long and then about minute five it really switches yeah. tone to that kind of like that pulsating electronic beat while still somehow maintaining the feel it was really a unique and awesome composition i i i, I listened to to that track several times since and, yes, uh, it, it it really it really was it was pretty special. Thanks for the pick, Joe Bonobo. And yeah, listeners, that's how easy it is. Just head over to the forum, tell us why you are interested in sharing a song with everybody, and we put it on the show. I'm really excited about this next one uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because uh, this game's been getting so much uh, sort of word of mouth and recommendation. Uh, our Jacob, Jacob Geller, subscribed to his YouTube channels, made a video about it. Mm. You can hear my t- uh, my my uh, probably overly familiar tones on that, reading some science fiction for you. Uh, I actually had to stop watching that video because I didn't want the game spoiled for me. But Outer <laughs> Wilds is a game, uh, even uh, Matt Murray of our friendly rival podcast, The Computer Game Show, has played it till he got every achievement. And listeners to that show will know that he doesn't even normally finish games, let alone do this. So I'm excited to uh, to hear about this one because I want to hear about your time with the game, but also because I hadn't heard so much about the music until uh, until now. And I listened to this tune and it's lovely. Yeah, uh, it 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 feels like uh, it's not it's not sort of necessarily something that you would say is wildly different to a lot of stuff that's out there, but it's very very nice. And I assume that uh, the the reason you picked it is because it enhanced your time with. Outer Wilds. Absolutely. And um and I have not finished Outer Wilds just for, for right. clarity. I it is a game that I, I come back to only when I'm in that headspace for lack of a better term and I wanna just kinda have a nice, pleasant exploratory uh, thing. And I, I am taking my time with it because it has been a pretty sublime experience playing this game. Um yeah. but without giving anything away and, and I and I mm. wouldn't because I know that it is relatively new, I'm playing it on uh Game Pass. And, I know it's insane that this yeah. multiple game of the year can when I say multiple game of the year contender I mean that many people have said yeah. this will be in the re- in their personal reckoning. It's on Game Pass. Yeah. It's yeah, it's incredible. I just 
I, you know, it just, it was just there one day, <laughs> you know, I just pressed yeah. the button and started playing. Oh, it. yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty Crazy. fantastic. And, uh, yeah. so one of the things that's not spoilery at all is that, you know, that you're in this kind of universe that's on a time loop and most people who have followed any of the game's coverage know this now. Uh, but one of the first things you're tasked with doing is after you get your kind of spaceship and are allowed to explore, they tell you that there are these other five individuals that have left the planet before and they have, they're out there traveling and they mm. give you this little signal scope where you can kind of pick up their, their signal. So um, each one of them plays a different instrument. So as you point the signal scope out into the, you know, into the universe, you know, one, one, one area you'll, you'll hear a harmonica. So, you know, where that, that traveler is. And then the other one, you might hear the drums, you'll know where that traveler is, you hear the banjo and, and so on and so forth. Um, so just in exploring the universe, I was kind of, um, and you kind of hear the same melody throughout what they're playing. Um, but one time through the universe, I was sucked into a black hole and I kind of got, you know, sent out mm. and, uh, along my merry way and, and knew I wasn't going to get anything else done during this particular run. And I kind of used my signal scope and I got an achievement unknowingly that where I could hear all five travelers at the same time. I didn't know this was an achievement. And when I heard them right. all at the same time, it was this composition that we're about to I listen see. to. And I kind of like and I, I know I get picked on a little bit for being a bit of a emotional sap when it comes to video games and and other, uh, and other it's with of affection. I, it's oh, with I know. I just but like it was one of those like kind of those that one of those beautiful moments of playing games or it just. I just kind of, I was drifting through space after being sucked through this black hole, knowing I, my character at the time was just going to die and my time loop was going to reset. But I was listening mm. to this absolutely wonderful piece of music and it's a reimagined version of the main theme you hear at the, you hear at the title screen. And it just mm -hmm. was one of those, like, just one of those perfect video game moments where it's just like, you can't really, you can't really explain it. You kind of have to experience it. And, um, since then, I've actually I've been listening to the the soundtrack for the entire game kind of on repeat, and uh, nice. it really, it really, it really affected me positively, which is something that I think is pretty rare in the world these days. So it was something I like to keep with me. Beautiful. Let's hear it and see if we can uh, not only appreciate that emotion, but also uh, perhaps encourage some more people to get on board with uh, with this apparently magical game, Outer Wilds. This is Andrew Pralo's. Traveler theme custom build-up version.
from this year's. That's 2019, if you're listening in the future. Uh, Outer Wilds by Mobius Digital, released by Annapurna, who seem to be doing a thing where they just release really good, interesting games. <laughs> Seems to be their thing. It's quite a good thing to, to have. Uh, sadly, not on PlayStation at the moment or Switch. Don't know whether that's on the cards or likely to happen, but you can play it on PC or Xbox One. If you have Game Pass, it's there for you to play right now. If you've uh, if you've signed up for even a month, you could sign up for a month just to play this game, probably. Uh, I'm advocating it as somebody who hasn't yet played it, but this is one of those where the enthusiasm from others around me is completely infectious. Andrew Pralo's CV, just having a look, uh, it's, uh, it's not actually showing Outer Wilds on his... Oh, wait a minute. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Uh, actually, no, it still doesn't show it. On his IMDb. It's got one video game, which is Madden NFL 15, additional music. <laughs> but he's actually been the uh, musical editor, engineer, and additional music composer for things like The Legend of Korra, uh, which is our Josh's beloved uh, animation uh, epic series, the, the last Airbender follow-up, I believe. I've seen some of it. Uh, and also things like the Kung Fu Panda, Legends of Awesomeness TV series, and also... Westworld, a bit on Westworld, and The Martian, Ridley Scott's uh, movie adaptation of, of that book. So uh, let's hope we'll hear some more video game works from Andrew Pralo. Now, from the sublime to the ridiculous, I must have said that a lot of times on Sound of Play over the years, but it's what we do. And another of our little mini sequence of Japanese songs from Japanese games, Tom's Beard, Rich requests this uh, from the forum just simply says, my favourite Yakuza Zero karaoke tune. And uh, prepare to fall in love all over again to 24-hour Cinderella. Yeah, 
by Zenta with lyrics by uh, Ryosuke Hori from uh, Ryuka Gotoku Zero. I think it's called Zero in, in Japanese as well. Like a dragon. That's what Yakuza is called in Japan. Uh, you've been listening to that, Brian. As yes, well, I, I have. Uh, <laughs> I um, I love it. And for all the ridiculous reasons, I love the the cheesy synth in the background. I love the cheesy vocals over the top. I have no idea. Um, it's not speaking any Japanese what they're saying, but I but I can feel the drunken <laughs> emotion in his voice as he oh, sings yeah. this in some CD Japanese karaoke bar. Um, yeah, I it, this this makes me this song makes me laugh in the in the best way possible. I'm really uh, I'm racking up the Yakuza games on my PS4 library for the day that we finally <laughs> get around <laughs> to starting to cover them. But rather, even though I've been thinking. We're currently towards the end of our two-year Final Fantasy opus, and I'm thinking maybe next year I'll give myself a bit of a break in terms of the length of the games that we cover because <laughs> it has been a slog. And I speak, and you know, I, it's partly because I do more games than anyone else for the show. Yeah. Bless Leah and Josh; they've uh, they've been on every Final Fantasy show so far, and I've dropped out of a few. But uh, I was thinking maybe I should make the average time to complete game a little less uh, for next year if I'm going to do another 35 or something. But then the Yakuza games are in mind and I'm thinking, yeah, it might be fun to start doing that series. We've had a lot of requests, both internally and externally. Yeah. So have you played any? Uh, have you dipped in at all, or is it very, very like my toe? I dipped my my toe in in the PS2 era, uh, and. 
yeah, I mean, it's I, you know, I, I like the I like that creative team, um, and I appreciate the. It seems that the series sort of fixes some of the issues I had with with Shenmue. Going back yeah. to that, and yeah, the, but there's it's now one of those things. It's they've been so prolific, and those games are so epic that there's just now so much of it yeah. to play. Um, and yeah. we've got obviously the Zero is the prequel, and, and fans of the series all seem to advocate starting with the with that even though it's uh even though it's actually a more recent game because it not only kicks off the story but it also kind of smooths your entry whereas yeah. the kuami games which have gone some way to sort of smoothing off some of the the rougher old corners of those ps2 games they're still a little bit of their time in some ways so people are saying to get into it start with zero and then you might still find kuami one and two a little rough in some ways but you'll be so uh invested in in <laughs> right. the protagonist and the story that that you'll just def- definitely want to carry so i think if we do that series that's that's the way we'll do it we we'll start with zero and <laughs> kick on from there uh i, I mean yeah we, we i think we've got a bunch of people on the show who would be would be keen to get on oh, with i'm that, sure uh, yeah it's yeah, um it's, i've i've never i've never completed a yakuza game but i think that i i don't think that i'm in a minority there i think a lot of people have it's one of those series that people seem to be like, oh yeah, I played sixty hours of that game and then never finished. It's a lot of yeah. people have have done that thing with these games because there's so much to do within the world. I remember the first, I I think I put twenty hours into Yakuza Zero when I started it. I'm right. I, I'm gonna go back at some point, but um, at least five of those hours were spent in the digital arcade playing old Sega games. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so absolutely, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I'll be in in very much in the same boat with that. Yes, mouth watering. Uh, but also daunting in the way that the the best game series are. There's also Kingdom Hearts. While I'm thinking about things like that, <laughs> oh, uh, I'm very interested the, in that, Leon. Here, I have a the story I have a so far. Presentation to show you right now about. Okay, <laughs> Do you are you the person who understands the story? Um, n- absolutely not. But I'm happy to uh, speculate <laughs> <Try>. wildly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got the because um, they were. Uh, this is a complete tangent. The the Kingdom Heart you could get all of Kingdom Hearts, including the the recent one on PSN a while ago for it was ninety pounds in in the mm. UK, which was the the three you know one point five two point five two point eight and uh, and three, uh, but they've just now released this story so far disc which is like eighteen pounds which includes everything up to three yeah. but not including three so you can now buy the inter- which your three is now cheaper. So you can now get the entire Kingdom Hearts saga for under sort of forty pounds or fifty pounds, something like that. So, uh, but be prepared for, I guess, for like several hundred hours of completely baffling. Oh, it's Disney Square mashup yeah. nonsense. Yeah, to use. Yeah, it, it is. Oh, no, it's 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 utter nonsense. But uh, in the most lovable and fun way, Leon, and the music. Oh, That's what I've always I, again, thought. I'll, I'll show you my. I'll show you my presentation later. <laughs> we can talk later. <laughs> We've got some Yoko Shimomura coming up, so yes. uh, that's that's a that's a way of bringing it back. <laughs> now, this next pick, Brian. Uh, when I saw the title of the game, this is this is a game that's on my list to buy at some point mm-hmm. and play. Hopefully, along with a million other things, it looks really cool. I know our Josh has thoroughly enjoyed it, yeah. Katana Zero. But when you picked a track from it, I was expecting some maybe some Oriental infused pulse pounding electronica, but yeah. no. Um. So I I got this. It was on sale on Switch not that long ago. I can't remember. It wasn't it wasn't deeply discounted, but it was it whatever it had yeah. come under the price threshold that I've been holding off for for whatever reason. Yeah, and mm-hmm. because I it, like it's it's almost unfair at this point. But anytime you see a game coming out by Devolver and it's 
2D pixel art. It's kind of run-based, difficult action game. It, it gets that immediate comparison to Hotline Miami, which is a game that I thoroughly enjoyed, but also I know I kind of limit my scope in these games to, to look at. So, But I was expecting a specific experience when I went into it, and I, I got that experience. I got this kind of, you know, hyper-stylized, ultra-violent action run-based game. Yes. Um, mm. But what I didn't expect is I was really drawn to the story in this game, and Josh and I spoke about it a little bit on in, in our Keenan Rinse Slack, and, and I don't think he was as taken with it as I was, but... um. Uh, basically, the story of Katana Zero, without giving anything away, you, you play as this character, and and you're kind of you're going back and forth. You're 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 going out into the world and and kind of doing these missions, taking on these bounty contracts. But in between each one, you're coming back to kind of um, this mysterious figure's office. Kind of he kind of it kind of feels like a therapist's office. You're sitting on a couch. You're talking to him about the things that you're doing. These people that you're going out and killing. And at the each one he at the end of each one he administers you with some sort of medication and and this is where a lot of the story exposition takes place in this game hmm. and some of these se- sequences are, are are pretty long for a game like this you know maybe upwards of five and ten minutes which is to me I wasn't expecting from a game where it's normally you know like go through get shot press Y to restart run again run again run again right and it was this nice break between the action. Uh, you know the 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 very intense action scenes, and you kind of come back to this this guy's office, and 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 most of the story is figuring out your relationship with him, and and why you're there, and what you're doing, and during the every one of these office visits, it has this you know somewhat mysterious, creepy, but also chill piano piece going on in the background, and I mm. kind of I came to relish those moments in the game because it was kind of like a a, a chance for the player to catch your breath, but also to kind of you know, un, you know, peel back another layer of the mystery of what's going on, and and the dialogue in these sections, I think, was was fantastic. I was really invested in the in the character, and um, and this piano piece only heightened my the mystery of the situation, but also uh, my enjoyment of these sections. So it just was kind of a nice, like, chill. I've been putting it on when I've been writing, or or sometimes when I'm going to sleep, I'll have this piece on, and um, and my my wife doesn't like it as much because she thinks it sounds creepy, but to me, it's I think it, <laughs> um, I think it's pretty pretty special.
Nocturne. That one's by Bill Kiley, co-written with Justin Stander. Unusually, I suppose, for a smaller title like this, the soundtrack, rather than being what you often see, is very much one person. I suppose, I suppose, it's not that unusual, but it's more in the in the lines of a uh, a collaboration between uh, multiple artists, or they curated multiple tracks and multiple artists. So you've actually got, as well as Bill Kiley and Justin Stander, you've also got an artist by the name of uh, Ludowick, mm-hmm. uh, Tunch Chakia, I think, DJ Electrohead as well. How does that all come together in the game? Uh, does it all marry up nicely? Yeah. Does it sound like the work of multiple people? It does, but the the, the kind of the feel of the game um, is you are, each level looks like, and it's kind of, it's going for a little bit of a 90s style. So each level yeah. is kind of like a VHS cassette. And at the beginning of each level, it tells you the name of the cassette and um, like the name of the VHS cassette. But then it also tells you what song is playing and by what artist. So it's almost like a music video type of thing. So it feels it's consistent with the theme of the game where each level does have its own unique track. So for them to be different makes sense in the context of the game kind of thing. Right. Um, but no, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. I if if anybody hasn't had a chance to play it, I, I thoroughly recommend it. it. It took me by surprise. It's very, I keep a running list of the games that I've completed throughout the year. And it's very high on my personal you know, game of the year list. I think it's, I think it's excellent. Cool. Yeah. It's another one that's uh, not available on PlayStation at the moment. I'm sure it will come that way. Yeah. Uh, also not Xbox, but it is on PC. You can play it on Mac as well. Yep. And, uh, and Switch yeah. too. It's also and it, it's it's also worth noting that it t- it takes about three hours to complete, which in the oh, <laughs> going from okay. going from Yakuza Zero <laughs> to right. to that you know sometimes that I mean especially for those of us I know we have a lot of parents that listen that sometimes games like yeah. that are at a premium for you know because you only have that amount of time so or if you set yourself say the task like I do <laughs> of playing and completing thirty five forty games a year yes to the end. A three-hour game might be just what the doctor ordered. Exactly. Good to know. <laughs> now, sometimes we have requests, uh, as with Dom's beards earlier, where we just have a, a little line of text. Well, sometimes we have a story. And in this case, that's what we've got from Goodshot Jansen from the forum. This is all about Armored Core. My relationship with Armored Core began with the demo disc containing my other beloved AC, Ace Combat 2. While I readily and easily picked up the arcade dogfighting skills needed for Ace Combat, Armored Core frustrated me beyond belief. At age 10, I wasn't quite able to grasp the controls, the customization was far beyond my grasp, and the lore wasn't readily apparent. In short, I had no context for this game. The frustrating part wasn't my inability to comprehend Armored Core, it's that I could see the game for what it was. I thought it awesome and recognised it as being beyond my level. Flash forward to 2017, I was watching a Mech Week broadcast from the sadly defunct Super Best Friends. One episode was devoted to Armoured Core for answer. Coup, I thought. Old AC is still alive and kicking. While the game differed greatly in graphical fidelity and pacing, the overall concept of fighting for control of a shattered earth in machines destined to consume the last of its resources remained the same. Woolley says something about ACFA multiplayer, so I look at YouTube, I look at a YouTube video and the result is nothing short of real life Gundam. I decided I wanted to be able to do that. I wanted to be a holy schmoly type of armored core player. <laughs> I also vowed to do it right and start at the beginning. 
Now, a couple of years, a half dozen shakes, and a hundred or so Buster TBM YouTube videos later, I've arrived at the holy trinity of AC Nexus, Ninebreaker, and Last Raven. This is all foreign to me, by the way. <laughs> Nexus is everything I've ever wanted in an AC, and I can't wait for the arena of Ninebreaker or the masterpiece that I've been hearing about, Last Raven. For the podcast, you can skip all of the above. Oh, well, we didn't. I just wanted to give you guys some context. Armored Core is a bitchin' series, and it's made more so by its soundtrack. The PS2 era games in particular have a very late 90s, early 2000s techno with drum and bass score that screams, this is the future. While energetic, it's also somewhat melancholy in tone. Thus far, the Nexus OST has been my favourite, in particular the track Super Monkey Likes Daddy. Don't ask, I don't know. Thus far, I haven't seen any monkeys or any daddies in any <laughs> Armoured Core, unless, unless I am the daddy. Mind blown. Enjoy! So that was Super Monkey Likes Daddy by Kota Hoshino. Loosely following our Japanese songs, 
thread in that it was Japanese. Not really a song, but it had some vocals in there. Uh, but yeah, thanks for the request. I know you said we didn't have to go into the whole thing. Good shot, Jansen. But actually, we really like that stuff. Uh, Armored Core is a, a mysterious foreign land to me. I understand what it is, basically. Uh, From Software makes mech games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the last decade or so, although they are still putting them out from time to time, their attention has been elsewhere as they made <laughs> bank with... I mean, it's quite an unlikely story in a way, the whole Demon Souls to Dark Souls to Bloodborne to Sekiro thing. It's, it's, I mean, I guess it's just the cream of games design rising to the top ultimately, but I'm sure I can think of a lot of examples of games of a similar nature and maybe even quality subjectively speaking that have not had the kind of crossover runaway success that that from softwares has have you got any mech love in you brian um not not a ton and not but i'm but i'm but i'm open and willing to try new things um <laughs> open I, uh, to mech love yeah i I, I'll, I can get some mech love down but i you know i always mix up armored core this is going to sound ridiculous but um mm. do you remember the game steel battalion they had yeah, that of course, gigantic yeah. controller. Yes. They got all that. that. So I, yeah. in my head, I, for whatever reason, I well, mix those games up. And so that's understandable. So, in, so I immediately, when I saw this, this, this track, I'm looking, oh, I'm going to look up that controller. And then obviously oh, found yeah. out that I was wrong and went down that rabbit hole there. But, um, it's uh, mech things ever since I was a kid, never really, um, jumped no. out and appealed to me. But then anytime I play a mech game or, or I get involved in, in anything that involves, you know, kind of this giant mecha or whatever. Um, it I tend to to really enjoy it, so I'm sure I'd like the Armored Core series. I like the Ace Combat series, as he referenced to, and and I do like mm. what From Software has to offer. So no doubt I'd like it, but not not overly familiar. And a lot of uh, a lot of music to get tucked into there as well across the series. But I suspect with the Armored Core games, it's not one. Although you know, that track was from a 2004 PS2 game. I think it's uh, maybe it's one of those that would be tough to go back to ancient mech games. But I bet there's a I bet there's a group of yeah. dedicated hardcore mechsters out there. Yeah, that that track, fans. that track led me to want to check more of the music out. Sometimes you can mm. kind of lump any type of mech or military type game. Um, I was having this conversation the other day where you you, you expect a certain style of music from from games, yeah. and then when they when it kind of subverts your expectations, it definitely generates interest. So um, I was kind of kind of going down a YouTube holes. I fell asleep last night of Armored Core music, and there seems to be some really nice. good stuff there. That's what it's all about, as is our huge jumps in time and tone <laughs> and genre. So we go from a 2004 mech game to a 1991 sports game. Yes. Now, I'm guessing this has some nostalgia involved for you. Mm-hmm. Right. This, is, this is for sure one of, and it's, it, it's, it's difficult to not speak in hyperbole when it comes to this game uh, for me. Uh, because cool. with the popularity of the NFL in the United States and, and the particular yeah. time that this was growing up, that a little context is necessary, and I won't drone on about American football. And um, But I'm from Buffalo. You're a fan. Yes, I am. Yeah. I'm from Buffalo. And if you d- don't know, and if you're a European listener, during the early 90s, the Buffalo Bills were an incredibly good American football team. They right. went to four Super Bowls in a row. No team has ever done that before. They lost all four of them, <laughs> but they went to four in a row. Um, yeah. And as being a kid, it was like having your like it was now it's funny because you just expected your team to be the best every year because <laughs> your team. Anyway, so in Tecmo Super Bowl, the the Tecmo game uh, that this music is from, 
the Buffalo Bills were an incredibly good team. They're arguably the best team in the game. And my brother and I would sit down. We would play entire seasons, um, which would be 16-game seasons plus the playoffs, in, in afternoons of this game over and over and over again. Um, so it's one of those games that I probably, you know, when, when, I, when I get to whatever version of the Pearly Gates happens after, after this life, hopefully they kept stats because I'd like to know if this is my most played game of all time. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. Like a list, a list of stats yeah, like, oh, about wow, everything yeah. you ever did. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, this, this music is, is basically the music that plays when, when a play starts. So you start, you know, you pick your play and the, the ball is, is, is snapped and, and this is the music that plays. And, and this is one of those songs that I just, it's constantly on loop in my head. And I was thinking about it when I was selecting tracks for this, for the show, I was thinking about like, like trying to the first few songs I was picking, like, oh, these are music that's important to me for one reason or another. And this music is as important to me. It's it's loopy, it's yeah. catchy, it's high tempo, it's meant to be listened to in short bursts. But it's one of those songs that, like, from the from the instant drum kick into this into this <laughs> track, I can imagine sitting four feet from my TV in the childhood home that I grew up in next to my brother, just you know yelling at each other about the buffalo bills and it was uh and it just brings me instantly back to that moment Credited as season game zero one, but I guess it plays on every game that you play. Yeah, I think there's there's two main game tracks. You know, they kind of switch back and forth um, yeah. as you go along. And um, now I, I'm trying to think because uh, been a while. Yeah, it's I'm I do believe that there as you get later on in the season in the playoffs there might be there might be different music there, but um, there's something about yeah, maybe. There's something about the themes to sports games from that era. They just kind of, you know, um, they just become so part of your life. I'm sure as someone oh. who I know plays has played a lot of football oh, yeah. games, there's, yeah. there's something about those in-game themes from this particular era of games that they, they just like, it, it's like in your DNA at some point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And back in this era, I used to also play golf and American football and NHL and yeah. tennis games as well. So, yeah, I'm, I got plenty of those. Uh, credited to more or more yamasan actually kg yamagishi from tecmo super bowl one thing i was going to ask you and obviously this is in no way to and not that i possibly even could but to dilute your your wonderful memories of tecmo super bowl but i i'm thinking this came out on the nes in 1991 so by this point madden 16-bit madden on the mega drive on the genesis mm -hmm. was already a thing its second iteration came out uh, Madden 92 in 1991 mm -hmm. so as a kid were you just 100% immersed in your NES and you weren't fussed or were you aware of 
how Madden looked and how amazing the reviews were and thinking, I got to get me some, some 16-bit football next. I think my brother was. Uh, my brother was definitely more on that camp. I, I think I was just young enough to say, this is the thing that I have, so it's the thing that I love type of uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, sure. Um, but, um, but I do remember seeing that first 16-bit Madden. And actually, uh, there was a game, um, uh, a second game, Joe Montana football I had saw before yeah. I ever saw a Madden game. And just right. thinking, like, like when when he threw the ball and the ball got larger because it got closer yes. to the screen. Oh my! I just Whoa. yeah. It, it, will, will graphics get any better? I submit that they will not. <laughs> you know, so um, it was pretty pretty incredible. I think the last or one of the most recent Maddens I played was like 2010 on the 360, and uh, and I'm sure that looks a bit rough now. But I remember at the time, yeah. uh, it was like wow, it's almost TV realistic, but. But I also remember saying that to my uncle about NHL yeah. uh, 93 at the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> this, is, this is one of my f- most favorite times of the year, too, because it's when I get last year's Madden for $5 because new Madden comes out. <laughs> so uh, I'll be doing that yeah. very soon. <laughs> I could, uh, yeah, I could do that with um, with some sports, but uh, but I couldn't do it with uh, with FIFA. I, yeah. I couldn't I, could, I couldn't be playing with last year's uh, <laughs> with data and kits, <laughs> yeah. but uh okay it's a it's a it's a wise financial investment especially if you've got kids uh yeah we recently got nhl 19 on uh games with gold yes yeah uh which which was nice because i used to love that series right right from the earliest days up until the i guess i played until the mid late 90s and again like this you know just time and whatever else has I've drifted away from it, but uh, but picking that up again, it really did instantly bring back. Obviously, it's the the controls have got more involved and complicated, and there's all the stuff with the right stick now that you didn't have back in the day. But it really did start to bring back. I, I used to play a ton of EA hockey, and um, mm-hmm. it still seems to have some of the some of the same, you know, sort of magic about it in there. Uh, but yes, uh, like I've got time to play franchise mode in, <laughs> in NHL or whatever. Anyway, uh, so uh, another pick without anything to go with it. I picked this one basically because it was the oldest request on our list. It's been sitting there for hmm. years, and I thought it was about time we played it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> also, it's a nice bit of jazz. Uh, this is from a game I know very little about. I remember the name. Uh, but this is from Anarchy on- Online, requested by Is Gimmer from the forum, and it's Backyard Jazz. <laughs> Thank you. 
entirely entirely Scandinavian, possibly Finnish slash Swedish slash Danish. Uh, Morten Sorli, Surly, Tor Link Linlöken, and Bjorn Arva Lagim. Apologies, Scandinavians, for that absolute brutal <laughs> destruction of your uh, your wonderful names. Uh, Anarchy Online. Now, do you remember anything about this? Or did you even play it, Brian? No, I, I had to. I actually did a little, uh, you know, just yeah. like light Wikipedia research about the game. It's um, sure. Um, no, I, I, I honestly had not heard of that game um, until okay. until reading it here. And um, but it looks like it had quite a devoted fan community, it did. though. Yeah, it really. That's what I remember, which is I, I remember there was um, uh, during this time there there was a lot of uh those kind of MMOs kind of. Try, struggling to find their way there was Asheron's Call I remember the, there was right. a lot of these non-EverQuests that were trying to get their foot footing in and, and, and exploring these different spaces Anarchy Online looks like it probably would have had the feel of something that I would have been very interested in had I known that it existed um, what what piques my interest is the fact that looking at the uh, the AnarchyOnline.com website it actually talks about itself very much in the present tense I wouldn't necessarily say the website looks modern but it doesn't look quite 2001 era either so i don't know i don't know how long it kind of lasted as a thing and actually if you click on the steam page uh it's still got very positive reviews you can still uh, i mean it's free to play but you can uh buy 91 english pounds worth british pounds worth of uh, dlc huh. so i don't I, I mean yeah i don't know if people are still playing it i don't know whether the servers are still up uh, let us know if you've got any uh, if we've got any anarchy online fans out there. Uh, but yeah, two thousand and one PC game, Windows game to still be going in some capacity. Yeah, it's not too bad. Thanks for the pick, is Gimmer. We like a bit of jazz. Remember, as I've said a couple of times in this show, we do want requests. Please venture over to the forum canarince.com slash forum. Find the sound of play folder. You could also request on Twitter if you like at canarince. Use the hashtag sound of play if you want. We also have our Facebook page. You can message us there. Just do a post or something. I don't really know how it works. But uh, just hit us up and request a piece of music from the history of the video games medium. Only licensed tracks if they are chiefly uh, or almost exclusively associated with the game by and large. And uh, we also like your selections that are not necessarily your favourite pieces, but pieces that have a story to them or you know something about them or there's a curious thing or they're just weird anything like that remember uh, keep sending them in and we'll include them in the regular show please subscribe to this podcast if you don't already leave us an apple podcast review or rating or whatever system whatever your podcatcher has if it's got a some kind of thing of showing your approval and you enjoy the show please do that it does help and listen to our other podcasts. We have our deep dive review show, Kane and Rince, of course, on Mondays. But we also have Playwright on Thursdays, in which Ryan and Ryan create new games ideas from the very dust of the cosmos. And on Fridays, Chris O'Regan talks to people about the games they make in the Sausage Factory. And yeah, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you've enjoyed this show and you appreciate everything that we make and put out there for your pleasure, Consider donating the minimum of a dollar a month or more if you wish and can. Our Patreon is at patreon.com slash It is very much appreciated and uh, incredibly valuable in keeping us being able to do all this crazy stuff. 
So before we hear your final pick, thanks, Brian. No, oh, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, and I'd like to thank our community contributors as well. As I say, please keep them coming. So I mentioned Yuka Shimamura earlier in context of Kingdom Hearts. She is uh, the great and prolific. We finish, uh, featured, should say, much of her work here over the years. Now, we are, as I also mentioned earlier, we're coming towards the end of our two years of playing through all the mainline Final Fantasy games. No, we haven't done 10-2 and 13-2 or the MMOs. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we had to draw the line somewhere. But we will be concluding this volume of the Kane and Rinse podcast and indeed it will be issue 400 wow with Final Fantasy 15 so I've yet to play this I've bought it in preparation for playing it for the show I am intrigued by it yeah so as a long term Final Fantasy fan where do you sit on this one I, lo- I love Final Fantasy 15 um, cool I, I was really pleasantly surprised it was it was funny because I was reading the reviews that was coming out and, and people were calling the story um, difficult to follow and a bit disjointed. And I was thinking mm. to myself, have you played Final Fantasy games? <laughs> because <laughs> it seems to be the trend. Uh, and it, it is this weird amalgamation of all these different games kind of coming together. And you can kind of, you can see the seams in it too, but I think it just really adds to its charm. Um, the, thing, the thing that I really like about it is, um, is some of the environments you find yourself in are just gorgeous and full of, um, just, just full of life in a way that you, that you thought about when when you uh, like played earlier final fantasy games or at least i thought about right like, you know yeah i imagine midgar as the city brimming with life but you never really got to see it because of the limitations of the hardware mm. and mm. and in in final fantasy 15 you kind of see some of those those dreams kind of brought to reality um this track here hammerhead is, is kind of the first um area of civilization you get to once you kind of get set free on your journey and I see um it's kind of like this gas station diner area kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I just think this, this track is really pleasant and beautiful. And what you hear in this version of the track is, is kind of the, the seamless transition between it's the same musical track, but it transitions between different styles. And what final fantasy 15 does uh, really effectively is that when you're in these different areas, like the, the music will never actually change. Um, the, mm. But it will just shift depending on where you are. So a ver- the same version, a different version of this theme will be playing in the garage versus the version that's playing um, out- outdoors or in the diner or at the shop or vice versa. But it's still, yeah, it, gotcha. it transitions seamlessly between them all. And, and I just think that this this one um, uh, is, is, is pretty stellar. And also, all this now is available um, easily on, on Spotify to listen to. So I've been listening to it a lot yeah. recently. And, and this is one that I've just kind of come back to over and over again nice and also the game and the story is now apparently slightly more jointed yes or less disjointed yeah. thanks to the fact that they've it, the version you'll buy now will be fully finished yeah. and patched up and probably you'll buy the version that has all the dlc attached mm-hmm. so it's kind of more of a, a coherent piece yeah it's, it's, which is nice yeah it's cool it's um and and i think that um certainly when it comes to final fantasy games you you can you can nitpick any one of them for a lot of different reasons, but Final Fantasy XV, for me personally, I don't know what it had, something different, but it was compelling in a way that I hadn't felt for many entries in the series. So Nice. Uh, and I can't let a mention of Final Fantasy XV go. I, I suspect I, I, want, I want to talk about this for about half the show when we cover it, but uh, it's the food. Yes. <laughs> every, time, every time I see <laughs> screenshots from Final Fantasy, 
I think uh, 15, I think, oh, my goodness, that food is. And I, I suppose it shouldn't be so exciting because there's no I suppose it's not really an art direction thing. It's just almost photorealistic, yeah. delicious <laughs> food. Yeah, it's a it's <laughs> camping with your buddies and having Ignis is the character that, that cooks, cooks the food right. for you. Um, he's just kind of this hoity toity. Uh, it, it's it's great. It's just and it looks awesome. And it's got an entire series of quests donated to cup noodles. So you should, uh, man, I, you know what? I might, I'm not on that show, but I might just replay Final Fantasy 15 just to get prepared for that show. Cause I Sounds like maybe you should be, uh, <laughs> we'll keep you on standby. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cheers, Brian. And we'll leave you listeners with Hammerhead from the amazing Yoko Shimomura from Final Fantasy 15. And we'll see you next time on Sound of Play 210. Yeah.